This week on the Koshcast. Messi gets another Ballon Goat with Rapinoe, Allison, and Delit in tow. Liverpool and Leicester keep everyone else at bay. Delhi leads Spurs down the alleyway. And at the Emirates, Emery has had his day. Elsewhere, Inter go top of Serie A. Simeone and Atleti are beaten at last. And we answer the all-important question. Who is more handsome, Becker or Beckham? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Kosh Cast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Mohanad is here. Hello. And Bernie is here. Hey, guys. And Roche might be joining us later, in which case he will slip into the room uh, quietly and, and undetected until he announces himself very loudly. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't think he can do that. <laughs> That was yeah. very weird. Very, very weird in this era, Alex, but okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> how are you both, Mohamed? Doing well? Yeah, man. I'm uh, I'm doing good. Doing good. Can't complain. Are you sure you were coughing earlier? Oh, I've been coughing all of like all of November. It hasn't gone away. Okay. It's December now. Yeah, so it's been more than a month. Okay. Get it <laughs> get that checked out. Bernie, how are you? I'm all right. A little sleep deprived, I won't lie. So if you don't hear me say anything for a little bit, it's, I've probably just passed out. Look, you signed oh, up that's... for this, man. You 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 decided you wanted to produce a Manchester United Academy product. This is this is the sacrifice you need to make. Yeah, but just like the team, he's a little bit uh, unfit. He's <laughs> <laughs> He's Luke Shaw of your family. <laughs> you know what it is? He's like actually like Usman Dembele, just staying up all night. And then when it comes to training, he can't like keep his eyes open. Jesus. Well, I think what yeah. you have to do is publicly, uh, sorry, publicly admonish him. Uh, and take the Mourinho route. I actually do that every day and I get harassed <laughs> by the supporters in the household. By, by his agents. <laughs> Well, we, we have full faith that you can turn this one around. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't get sacked. <laughs> yeah, man, you're doing you're doing a fine job as the intern, man. <laughs> yeah, but once I become the real-time father, it's like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, anyway, to, from, from future Ballon d'Or winners to present Ballon d'Or winners, how about that? Uh, Mohamed, yeah, this is one of your favorite times of year because it, it's usually when the world recognizes Messi. It's one of my favorite uh, time of the year, except that you guys put such a downer on it that it's so difficult. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not enjoying it, but it is so difficult. Like, I don't even bring it up anymore because you guys are so miserable. Um, we haven't said yeah. anything yet. Well... <laughs> Messi with his sixth Ballon d'Or. I mean, what can you say, man? The guy's a beast. I mean, just go, you know, greatest to ever do it. Just that that is who he is. And finally, people who love their stats can have their stats. So here we are. I, I you know, I, I, I agree. Greatest of all time. There's no doubt about it. We'll probably talk about the Atletico game. You know where he slid. I'm not like he needs to solidify his status, but you know what I mean. It just, it just, you know, hits the point hard. Um, but a lot of people did feel that Virgil Van Dyke deserved to win it, and I, and I don't know where I stand on that. But I will say this: Virgil Van Dyke deserved to win it more so than Luka Modric deserved to win it last year. If yes. if I, if I have to 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 nitpick in that sense. I, I get why it went to Messi. It makes a lot of sense. But I would also have understood why it went to Van Dyke. And it would have been nice to see a defender. And also just someone 
You know how they, they give it to Modric just so that they don't give it to Ronaldo and Messi? Like, if you're going to do that, give it to someone like Van Dijk. But I totally understand why Messi won it. I, um, yeah, I think um, I agree with what you're saying. And I, I think what goes against Messi a little bit is kind of like the recurrence of, like, this is same old, same old, right? But, like, if you imagine that a player or, let, let's say, this was Messi's first season, first numbers producing something like this, we would be, like, all over the floor, you know? It's just that it becomes repetitive. You almost want change, and that does go against him. But, you know, taking his numbers in a vacuum and forgetting that it's Messi and he's been doing it for 12 years or 15 years or whatever it is, I think he would be way more impressed by that. If we play devil's advocate, then just because, I mean, it's a unanimous decision almost, so we might as well have some fun with this. Um, Messi, would, would we say, like, the impact of Van Dyke on Liverpool and the success Liverpool had was greater than the impact that Messi had on Barca's success? Or I don't even know if it's a lack of success, whatever you call last season. We're talking about just last season? Yeah, I mean that's what the Ballon d'Or is, right? So yeah, uh, yeah, I think that, I think that's fair. I think you know we've all we've spoken about before the the turning of a new leaf that was the Van Dyke signing and how Liverpool went from a team that really couldn't defend to a, to the best defense in in England and well in Europe in the Champions League run, um, and that was down to Van Dyke first and Allison second. Um, so in terms of the impact the individual had on the team, I don't think there's much doubting that. I mean, Barcelona won last year. They've won the league the last few years. And you could argue that without Messi, they wouldn't have done that. But then that's been the case for a long time. So to Mohamed's point, um, you know, the newness is a factor. But the the impact Van Dijk had was truly unbelievable. Look, look, I can't take away away the impact that Van Dijk has. But again, this, this does go to my previous point. Like, Barca win the league because of one player. Like, this is the league title. Like, this is, you know, you start the season, you want to win your league, and they literally win it because of one player, especially recently in the last few years. Like, La Liga is messy. He just, lit, like, you talk to any Madrid fan, any, like, the only reason nobody else wins La Liga is one player. When he's out injured, we see what Barcelona are like. They cannot string a few wins in a row. Like, we just, I guess, again, repetitive, right? But if you just take Messi's season, last season, and say someone had that impact on their team winning the league single-handedly, then, you know, it's pretty much him and Ter Stegen at this point. Like, it's, it's embarrassing how much they rely on him. So, I, I just, you know, Van Dijk, obviously, and we can't take anything away from him, but we can't forget how bad Barcelona looked without Messi. So annoying, what, in, annoying in that case that Van Persie didn't get the Ballon d'Or for the year. He won the title for Manchester United. Right? <laughs> but uh, on, on, on that point, because it, it, it is actually a, a decent point, is that, I mean, Ronaldo won a couple of Ballon d'Ors because Real Madrid, like he was Real Madrid in the Champions League, right? Like his impact, if he wasn't there, it's the same idea we're using for Messi, and I think that's completely justified. But then the, the only reason I bring that up is because Barcelona still... I mean, they probably would finish second without Messi, and I don't think Messi impacted them in the Champions League whatsoever. I mean, as good as Messi is and the greatest of all time, didn't do anything in Champions League except for, you know, disgrace Man United, but whatever, everyone does that. Um, But then Van Dijk himself, I mean, literally Liverpool were a laughingstock. And I mean, we, I remember, I was, I went back to on the rabbit hole of old pods and we were laughing at Liverpool for being so useless and 
as Al- as Alex said, Van Dyke showed up before Allison and literally made Mignolet look serviceable. That in itself deserves a statue. <laughs> uh, uh, whatever the highest form of award you can get in the Netherlands is, you deserve that award. But then look at Liverpool's record. I know it's not just him. I think it's one loss in 51. And the defensive record was the best in the league. And the awards, the Champions League, I don't know. I, I've, I think I'm struggling to find a bigger impact on a club's fortune since Eric Cantona's record in 1992. I think, I think the I would, issue is that if you don't give it to Van Dijk for this season, when are you going to be able to give it to him? You know what I mean? I, I think I agree with everything actually Bernie said. I would just like to point out that this did nothing in the Champions League is a bit harsh because when Liverpool went to the Camp Nou and people were saying they're favourites and blah, 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 Messi produced a game where, whatever, they ended up winning 4-1 because of his brilliance. Like, I understand what happened in the second leg at Anfield, but let's not forget, Liverpool went over there and were saying, you know, they're favourites, they're going to kill this, and then Messi produced one of his best performances in the Champions League and they came up with the 4-1 or whatever it was. So, you know, the unfortunate, obviously, freak events of the second leg, um, defensively at least, doesn't take that away. But, you know, it, it was a freak result. And uh, Messi was on the verge of pretty much taking this undeservedly, you know, just weak, weak, spineless Barcelona side to a Champions League final and they were going to pummel Spurs and win a Champions League. Like, you know, they, they were one freak result away. So I, I just don't want to take away too much from Messi's Champions League performance. Because, again, Liverpool win that 4-3 instead of, whatever it was, uh, sorry, 3-0 instead of 4-0 or whatever it was, and Messi goes to, against Spurs and absolutely demolishes them, and he has a Champions League. Like, it's fine, Marge. That's, that's fair. That's fair, actually. I, you know what? I, it was such a freak result that you forget about I, – I completely forgot that Messi – I think he scored a free kick in that like, game. Like, I don't you remember, know. I you remember the forgot. free kick that was doing the rounds. Like, the free kick was doing the rounds on the internet, man. Like, it was insane. I forgot about it. In totally yeah. didn't even realize what happened. So, yeah, I, good point. I think it's a bit harsh to describe that result as a freak result, to be honest. It happened literally to Barcelona the year before, um, and Liverpool took apart everyone in Europe. You know, I don't think that was a freak result. Liverpool, over the two legs, don't forget that in the, in the, the first leg, when Barcelona won, Liverpool were the better team. Barcelona hit them, you know, in, with sucker punches. But Liverpool were by far the better team over, over two legs. So I don't think it really was a freak result. That Barcelona team weren't up to <laughs> point, though. I feel any result that is sealed by Origi is a freak result. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they got a lot of results last season with Origi-like yeah. goals. Uh, yeah. Alex Everton, remember that? Yes. Freak, freak result. Definitely. That was a freak everything. <laughs> everything was, about that. Wasn't there like a, a, like a nine-run game or something where Origi won them all their games or something? There was like a freak stat of like seven or nine games or something in a row that Origi was the hero in all of them. I think he – didn't he even score in the Champions League final or did something? Yeah, like, he, did he score scored it, the yeah. second goal in the Champions League final. Yeah. Exactly. He had, a run of, he had that run where he just absolutely played that out of his skin. Then how is he not in the Ballon d'Or running? There you go. <laughs> hello, <laughs> hello, lads. How's it going? But, Another Ballon d'Or candidate. Really? A Ballon d'Or candidate? Wow, you guys are, are really nice. Wow. How Honor. you doing? <laughs> doing well, guys. What are you guys talking about? Sorry I'm late. Hello to all the listeners. I'm just joining. Mohamed's a Ballon d'Or candidate, is it? No, we just uh, we just finished talking about Messi, actually, and all that. Um, oh, thank God. I, I didn't miss gonna, anything. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to move us on to, um, to Allison, actually. Uh, he won the Golden Glove or whatever it's called now. And I think I sent you guys the stats. Um, let me just repeat it here. So he won. It's called the Yashin Trophy um, after the legendary keeper. Obviously, he you know he 
kept 21 clean sheets. He won the Champions League. He won the Copa America. He won the Premier League Golden Glove. He was the best FIFA goalkeeper. Like, he had a phenomenal year. Yeah. It, it might be the best year for a goalkeeper in, re- in probably since Schmeichel Euro 92 or something. It's been a long time since someone has just won everything. I was going to say Schmeichel in the, in the treble year, but yeah, like, this is, this is ridiculous. And not only that, he's uh, unusually handsome. Wow, Alex. I was just about to say he is absolutely handsome. Yeah. Like, like on top of all the awards and playing for the best team in the world, you know, what, what's, there's got to be something wrong with him. We haven't found it yet. Okay, let me, let me well, ask you this question since we're talking about handsomeness. Uh, I know Mahana's answer, mm. but David Beckham, or Alison Becker. Right, stop right there. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? What you can definitely say out of those two is that Bex is the winner. Thank you. Thank okay. you. I didn't hear the other candidate's name. Is it just Beckham? No, Becker or Beckham. <laughs> so Alison Becker oh. or David Beckham. Who's the better looking dude? Mahoney, do you miss oh, my that's point? A, that's a tough one if you're into brunettes or blondes over there. <laughs> wow. Wow. Also, also, just just to remind you that David Beckham is 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 aging like fine wine. Allison, in a few seasons, he's gonna be a nobody. No way, dude. Allison is going to look even better. He's gonna look so good. He's gonna look like a race car driver. Uh, are race car drivers seriously good looking? No. You also you can't see them because they got helmets on. What's the point? <laughs> he might need one for oh, Allison. <laughs> yes, without a without a helmet. Um, <laughs> But yeah, okay. anyways, um, that was so, that was I think the two main things, and then we've got also Megan Rapinoe winning the women's awards. Absolutely, and um, was yeah, I was just looking for, has, to see uh, if Vivian Maidema was in there, the Arsenal forward who has been absolutely well, sensational I mean, recently. I mean, yeah, what's her name had like uh, Rapinoe had zero goals for a club this season. She had like four goals or something all year. It was a bit of a, it was a bit weird. Well, you win, the world, you win the World Cup, you win the... You, yeah, it felt a bit more like an impact on the game than like an actual like sporting performance, you know? And, and I think that that's reasonable. But also we've seen so many times in, in the men's game where, you know, a player's had a, a normal domestic season and then they, they perform incredibly in a World Cup or a European Championships and that wins them the award. So fair enough. Yeah, but she had zero goals for club. Like it's not a normal season. She like didn't exist. I think the club's, women's club season actually is a bit weird. So I wouldn't take that into too much of account. The scheduling in the U.S. is very that's, different from Europe. So that's, that's very sexist to say that the club <laughs> is very weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, what else? I, I can't think We've, of any other awards. I think, oh, oh, Bernie, your boy. What? Mat- Matthias DeLitt. Your boy? Which boy? I have no, no one I like is doing well. So what do you mean? <laughs> okay, Delit, well, Delit won in, the young uh, whatever award. Yeah, it's called the Copper Trophy for some reason. I thought that um, they gave that to Joao Felix. No, he came third. Nope. Jaden Sancho second and Matthias Delit in first. I mean, I think that makes sense. In, in, oh, does it? Well, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you, you guys are absolute morons. I hate all of you. <laughs> get, get out of my life. The guy's a good player. He's just not worth 65 whatever and all the hype that you guys gave him but he's a great he's did you see did you player. see the game against uh what what's the game he played last year was man of the match in the big the huge game what was it against was it against Dortmund? i think uh, or against, uh oh, atletico? atleti 
Oh, he was mm-hmm. brilliant. No, I mean, guys, I've always said he's going to be a good player. He's just not that great now. Although I, I did watch the compilation of, of his his game <laughs> against Atleti, and it was 95% him heading the ball away. And like, given the size of his head, he's got a massive advantage there. So, like, you know. <laughs> and, and 100% remember the name. But, but also, <laughs> speaking, speaking of awards being won, Ronaldo was awarded the best player in Serie A as well. Which I found to be a little questionable because, like, on the same day that Lionel Messi is winning the Ballon d'Or, huh? it's like somebody's like, "No, no, it's okay, Ronaldo. Don't kill yourself. We're gonna <laughs> give you the best player award in this area, the most meaningless award, but it's something." You know what though? They did that ages ago. I'm sure they're just like Jorge Mendes said, "Make it seem like we're giving it to him now." <laughs> yeah. Bro, his, his stats in Serie A are horrendous. He hasn't scored yep. like an open goal in like something like seven games or something. Like it's it's ridiculous. And like he got outscored last season by Quagliarella or whatever. He was like fifty five. Like and come Zapata. on, man, it's over. He was the third it's top over. goal scorer. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> anyway, so, so Napoli so. did play Juve. I mean, just talking about the Napoli did play Juve which was a great game, and, and Dybala and Higuain are on form. Dybala is stepping up in this last few, uh, few weeks, eh? Oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's been sensational. I, did, did they, I don't think they played Juve, did No, they, they didn't. They didn't. Napoli, Napoli wasn't it? Napoli-Juve? No, 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 no. That was ages ago. Ronaldo scored in that one. <laughs> Trust it was, me, it was, was uh, Juve-Atletico, and Dybala scored a Beckham-esque free kick. Oh, no, what's, the game, what's the game where Higuain um, uh, played really well? He's Notice how Mahana changed the subject really quick. He's been playing really well for any well most of the most oh, times he sorry, plays. Sorry, sorry, sorry. They played Atalanta. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, Iguain and Dabala. Well, it's a problem. It's a problem for Ronaldo and for Sari because Iguain and Dabala are forming a really good partnership. And like objectively you can't justify putting Ronaldo back into that team at the moment. But you know, marketing, etc. <laughs> well, I mean, he, the guy's an, the guy's. I mean, I guess we're talking Serie A to start. So the guy's an old man now. He's thirty-four, going on thirty-five. Still trying to play on the wing. I don't know why he doesn't want to just become the number nine we all thought he was gonna be, and Messi gonna be the center midfielder we thought it was gonna be. He's thirty-four. It's the prime age for a man, and like a man of Ronaldo's physique, his handsomeness, his stature, and he's just coming off an injury. You know, he's gonna be back. He's gonna score two goals a game. Like for at least ten games this season, just wait for it. You know, I thought Rochelle was gonna uh, say, I thought I was gonna say like, you know, like in our careers, like regular men. You know, when you're 34, yeah, right. that's when you get like, you know, almost executive position. I thought that's where Rochelle was going with that and got, about to brag about something, but then he just, you know, let us down. Well, that's not even true. Like in our careers, it's actually when you're in your late 40s. <laughs> oh, I uh, ruined it for me. I just would like to remind everybody that he's 34 until he's 35. <laughs> you know when when Mohamed hates a player, he really just he hates him in absolution, just like Eden Hazard, DiBala, Ronaldo. Who else does Mohamed hate? De Bruyne. De Bruyne. Uh, all black only because he's been used against Ter Stegen. But basically, anyone. Who's oh my really god! Good. Oh my god! Kepa! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so bad! Oh god! <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's move on. What do you guys want to talk about? Premier League or what? Yeah, I think we probably should. Um, let's let well, let's start not necessarily with games, but let's start uh, at at the Emirates, um, where what we have been calling for for a long time has finally happened. Is the end of the long evening 
<laughs> Unai is out. And while I feel sorry for the man personally because he's basically just been abused for the last three months, including by us, um, <laughs> he really did deserve to lose his job. And uh, now Freddie Lundberg's in charge, um, speaking of handsome men. Um, Unai for an Unai. Exactly. Sorry, can, um, can I just say, sorry, Alex, can I just say something? Arsenal fans, I don't know if I respect this or if it's something frowned upon. But the last game you had in the Europa League, the one that essentially led to a sack, was against Eintracht Frankfurt. Am I, am I correct? Was that yep. the game? There were 20,000 fans in a 60,000 capacity stadium. Like, one thing I know, and I don't know if it's good or bad again, United fans would never do that. They just show up no matter what, like the sheep that we are. But Arsenal fans went, nah, we really, really, really want you gone. So therefore, we're it's the equivalent of waving those white handkerchiefs that they do in, in Madrid. Arsenal seem to be the most effective sacking fan base in the And I'm, may, I'm, we, I'm, may I suggest um, two, two potential causes, two potential reasons for this. One is, um, and at risk of upsetting a lot of people in the North, there's more to do in London. Um, <laughs> And, and <laughs> Arsenal ticket prices are completely bonkers. So, you know, if, if you want to take a week off from watching a game and save, you know, £3,000, then just don't, <laughs> don't go to a game. You know, Arsenal fans have been, you know, crying and protesting about their managers for a long time now. And for the longest time, I have been the main protagonist just con- continuously saying, if you want change for like ownership or management or something, you've got to hit them in the revenues. And Arsenal fans were never doing that. This is the first time they've done that. Now that Bernie's mentioned that there were only 20,000 fans, I actually didn't know that. But that is the most effective way of getting somebody fired. Look how fast it happened. Let's do this. I mean, you know, the main reason that people didn't show up is because Arsenal fans were absolutely sick of the manager and the team and the way that they've been playing and the results that they've been getting. And you can't... There was no, there was no style of play to... to satisfy you even if the results weren't good everything was bad the results the style of play the connection with the manager there was nothing we've covered this so Mohaned um, how did you feel learning about the sacking of Unai Emery and how do you feel about Freddie Lindberg it's a weird one man you know when you're when you kind of you go on to that like climax and then it's over and then you're like okay now what like you yeah very, I mean usually at that point you make a sandwich right <laughs> yeah or you go for a smoke um, it's kind of like you just look forward to something so much and that sometimes the anticipation is more fun than the thing actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, then when it happens, you're like, okay, well, that's that now. Even like, you know, even 10 minutes later, you're like, okay. But I just, I don't know how much faith I have in the club in terms of finding the right um, follow-up act to Unai Emery. Um, I don't think Lundberg's going to be there for very long. I don't think he's going to be there till the end of the season. I, I just don't think that was part of the plan. I believe, I think one of the main reasons why um, Unai was in fact earlier is that there just wasn't a plan B. And I don't think Lundberg wanted the job full-time right now. Because who wants to jump into that kind of deep end? You know, he knows the mess that the squad is in and all that. So I, it, it, how I feel about Unai will all depend on who we can hire like like if they go out and hire Pochettino I'll be like yes that's when I'm actually going to feel euphoric not mm. right now just yet wait a minute wait a minute you've spent the better part of <laughs> two weeks bashing Pochettino and bashing his record and not two being weeks? successful 
well, I know it's been years actually, but whatever. But like, and I know it's it's fandom banter, but like, part of you must believe that there's only so far that Pochettino can take you. Yeah, now, but this is I, I get it. It's just banter, but like, still, I'm just getting at the heart of what you believe. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. But he was a sh- at a shit club, you know. Now he moved to. <laughs> He moves to a much better club where the, you know, the club in the DNA of the club is winning trophies and it's all going to come back. It just, it's very hard to go to such a barren place and try and plant anything. Well, well let's just say Pochettino to Arsenal is not going to happen. That it just won't. Firstly, Arsenal won't pay whatever amount of money Levy has sn- snuck into that contract. It won't happen. So who are, who are the, I mean, I haven't even heard realistic candidates really, except for Arteta. No, is, is that no, it? The who, only... who are you working on? The only realistic candidates are Arteta, Vieira, and they're all very underwhelming. And you, you hear some Ancelotti rumors at least till the end of the season, uh, especially with everything that's happening at Napoli. Um, but, you know, other than that, people are wishing Nagelsmann's and, and those people, but they're never come. So that, that's why I'm, I'm telling Alex I can't enjoy this because I don't see who could come. Uh, so, something that, that completely baffled me was that, you know, there's been a lot of writing about this situation and about the Emery hiring. And one of the things that came to light is that Arsenal interviewed Massimiliano Allegri the first time to replace Arsene Wenger. And their main concern was that he didn't speak English. (laughs) (laughs) I I bet you. (laughs) I, I absolutely bet you that was Arsenal briefing the media because he didn't want to come and thinking that was actually a smart thing to say to the media. I bet you that's what happened. There's no chance Allegri was taking that job after Arsene Wenger. When he still had Juventus, zero. Zero chance. Maybe, but I, I, because it's funnier, I'm choosing to believe that that was the case <laughs> and they still went for Unai Emery. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to go with Alex for this one because just because people are so disorganized in the business and then they just kind of make last-minute decisions and I'm pretty sure that that's how it happened. I just, I just yeah. on the second, I just read an article and I want to read a tiny bit of it to you because I thought it was a very pertinent point. Uh, it's by Jonathan Lewis in The Guardian and he's talking about the Emery sacking and how communication and language is now so important. And he says... In an age where clubs are as much made for television entertainment vehicles as sporting enterprises, the role of the coach has subtly shifted. Once primarily a behind-the-scenes job, the modern Premier League coach is essentially that of a televangelist. The league position is now largely determined by the wage bill, recruitment by the transfer committee, contract negotiations by the board, style of play by the sporting director. The coach's primary function is thus to tell a story compelling enough that everyone, dressing room, owners, broadcasters and fans, will jump along for the ride. Thoughts on that? Unai is no storyteller, so the, I, I guess that's where it falls <laughs> apart. Um, but they're, they're, they become more of man managers and motivators and things like that than tacticians. I mean, I can see that, and you just gotta, you know, it, it's a balance. And you pick, look at Deli Ali. Look, look at Mourinho and what he's doing with Deli Ali. That is no tactics. Not like Mourinho moved his position or allowed him to somehow get the ball more or whatever. It's just a boost. It's a morale thing, and all of a sudden you're playing much better. We all know it from our experiences. When you when it's in your head that you're going to kill this game, you kill this game. When it's in your head that, oh, my God, the other team is really good, you're not going to kill this game. And that's all managers do now. They just motivate you to be better. So wh- why then did Arsenal not have a new manager bounce? Because everybody, except for Watford, 
and now Arsenal, get a new manager bounce whenever even the interim guy shows up. I mean, frick, we had it for three months. Like, I kind of thought, who did you play? Norwich? Yeah. I kind of thought, they're really, really bad right now. You should absolutely blitz these guys. But I think, here, I think Unai deserved the sack. I think there's no argument about that. But Arsenal are woeful from top to bottom. The whole club is just an absolute dumpster fire. And <laughs> you guys need to burn everything down. Because David Luiz, Socrates, and Mustafi, trash. As much as <laughs> wanted, we can argue about Ozil, but Ozil wasn't bought with a plan. Ozil wasn't bought with a plan of how to use Ozil. So it, it makes it useless. Aubameyang was bought randomly, and he's just been the, the best thing that you've had. I don't... Like, nothing makes sense. Nothing fits. And... I'm not even sure a Pochettino sorts that out unless he clears everybody out. And I don't trust San Lehi and whoever the other guy is to help Bernie. anyone do that. It's ridiculous. Bernie, Bernie you, can, uh, you can summarize it in two words. Arsenal are reactive, not proactive. And it's been like that for 10 years. That's, That's way more than two words. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was five. That was like a whole sentence. What do you mean two words? <laughs> Don't talk to me and don't use the words reactive or proactive. Ever <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I don't know, man. We, we all had faith in the Sanlei and Vinay and Edu, and they, they were the best things since sliced bread. And it's like, oh, my God, we're going to get a club back. And now Sanlei is starting to sell it to, like, Minoroyola and whatever the Gorbachev or whatever Gorbachev in Russia or whatever he's trying to sell it to. Gorbachev. You know, it's just, it's all being a mess. And every time we get hope, it all just dies down again. So, like, just say, hope is suspended now forever. To, to be Did fair, you on, say Gorbachev? On, yeah. And, and to be fair, on the Gorbachev link, if you look at Lacazette and Aubameyang, we do have a pair of strikers. So, wow. Hey, wow. Some missiles there. Hey. Uh, <laughs> all right. Moving along to Manchester United. A 2-2 uh, draw with Aston Villa in which yeah, you lot looked like the less likely team to win it. How depressing is that out of 10? It was the worst. It was like the worst thing I'd ever seen. But it was bad mostly because I thought there was hope from the last couple of performances. Why? And if there was any hope, I mean, like, I mean, you know, the game against Brighton, for example, that was a great performance. It left my heart warm with joy. But ever since then, we've completely been trashed. And this was a home game and an opportunity to pick it up the pieces once again, um, to kick on, get three points before playing Tottenham and, and City back-to-back. But instead, it was absolute garbage. And Aston Villa, with Jack Grealish and his very like nice legs, were absolutely bossing this game. Uh, can, you and, expand, can you expand on the legs comment? Oh, uh, well, actually, Bernie and I went and saw this fixture, the United Villa fixture, in the stadium in 2016. And from the stands, as the players were warming up, I noticed that you know, Jack Grealish, like you can see his legs from a mile away. Like there's some, there's some big legs. I'm telling you that right now. And, and it, it was big legs and a, and a big goal. I, that, was, that was class. <laughs> yeah. Um, just after I complimented his legs, he scored an absolute worldly. They looked like... Uh, you know, like the goalkeeper that you're playing with during school recess as a child. Like, that's how, how hapless he looked when that ball went into the net. Um, Aston Villa completely deserved their goal, and they were the better team. Like, they had control of the midfield. It was, it was kind of disgraceful. 
to play didn't like they, that at all times. Uh, didn't they score right after and had a goal disallowed as well? No. Uh, yes, yes. Villa had a goal disallowed. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Could, yeah. could have been 2-0. They also had a shot that went off the crossbar or the post after it was 1-1, I think. But, um, wow, you but yeah. Really and Andreas Pereira, you know, for United, is, you know, he starts every week, and I get that we're, we're thin right now. But, um, you know, he was at fault for the first goal. And, you know, he saved himself a little bit by, like, giving a good cross for Rashford to equalize. But, um, I mean, I think the writing is on the wall for players like Andreas Pereira. As much as he's, you know, loyal and devout to the club, I just, I just think that there's a class gap that just can't be filled. Like, class is permanent, and these players, some of them, even though they're young and they're raw, don't have that class to play for a club like United. Well, I mean, you? you say the writing's on the wall, and and it should be, but you guys gave Andreas Pereira a four-year deal, like these average and Jones four or five-year deal, like these <laughs> these really bad players. You keep giving them contracts, and I don't really understand it. You I mean, know what's I, interesting is that Edward Wood came out. Literally, I think they printed it in one of the fanzines. They did an interview with him. And they straight up asked him about Phil Jones and people like that and the contracts. And he said, this is a multi-year process and we need to be profitable in, this, in our transfers like we weren't before. So he actually said, some of these contracts are in order to reap value. And I thought, from Phil Jones? <laughs> like, like, I, I get it as a concept, but Phil Jones... You see what I mean? It's like, like yes. what they're doing with Smalling is exactly that. But Smalling is a much better player, so you can actually make money off Chris Smalling. Phil Jones won't, won't that like, you can't give him away for free. I, I, actually no, have... I, 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 I just want to quickly chime in over there on, on the Phil Jones point, because I think, you know, Smalling at United also had his bad moments and fans were against him. But Phil Jones has been injured in and out of the squad. He hasn't really had much match time, to be fair which is why he's been so ineffective. And he had a bad game in the last game he played after how long uh, he was actually in the starting 11. God knows. But I think that he still has some value and he no, needs no, like no. two or three good games R- Rache, and he can Rache, be sold on. It's 2019. We're still talking about Phil Jones having value. <laughs> like he's, he, he has not up to par because he did, didn't have games. We've been talking about this guy for like the best part of a decade. Enough is enough, man. Also, no, I mean, he, I have to say like, I mean, if you look at Smalling, for example, like we would have said the exact same thing about Smalling. But look, uh, he's gone to the Serie A retirement league and he's like actually turned into uh, small uh, Actually, Rache, uh, Chris, Chris Smalling has a lot more talent and even... Even last season, even the seasons where he was bad, fans always said he always has a Smaldini in him. We called Smaldini before he went to Roma. Like, he always had that in him where he could put a defender in his pocket. But he was also inconsistent. And now he's doing okay. But Phil Jones, I don't think I've seen one good performance of Phil Jones in five years. Not one. <laughs> I don't think I've even seen him in the starting lineup in five years. So, But Bernie, I, I just want to... You, you know mean, the, the Woodward quote that you, that you mentioned? That I ha- I'm looking at it and there's a bit more in which he says, if you choose to churn every player because they're not good enough and you're not extending contracts, you're putting yourself at risk of execution. Sometimes you have to take a broader view. Uh, now I get that from like a strategic point of view, but it's also an admission that the squad is shit. Yes. He's openly admitting the squad is shit. But notice, I think, I don't know if it's in this interview, but he also said something which was completely ridiculous, where he said, you can't buy, like it's difficult enough to buy three players in one window. That to buy six good players is, 
he didn't say impossible, but that's that's where he was going with that. And I thought, <laughs> what a load of shit! Like, like honestly, what a load of shit! Like, this is why I keep saying director football is more important than anything else. Because if he's saying this, that means he's saying I can't get this done. So what are you doing? Like, guys, guys, this is guys, worse than guys. Arsenal by a thousand percent. Guys, guys, how's Pogba doing? <laughs> I think he's in hospital. <laughs> can we? Uh... Can can we just try and summarize his what four years at United now three years at United? How how's that been? Because it feels like it's been an absolute waste of everyone's time. Massively, I think so. Like like. But why are we talking about Pogba we, though when he hasn't been here no, for three I'm just, months? No, I'm just Agendas. saying because like who cares about Phil Jones or something? I'm just saying like Pogba, like no one, like no one's talking about him for weeks now, maybe months. Because he no hasn't been around for three months on the pitch, like and, there's nothing yeah, to talk about. But, but when you're major, when you're big and you're not around, you still get talked about. But right now, Pogba, it, the reason no one talks about him is that I don't think people think he'll make a difference when he comes back. I, I think that's a bit false because when United play their best, even this season, by the way. Pogba was at the heart of that. Now, he is an inconsistent prick. Like, that's, that is what he is. But when he's on the pitch, the team is better. We saw that in... The only reason Ole Gunnar Solskjaer got this job is because of Paul Pogba. That's a fact. Paul Pogba played out of his skin, and he got the job on Paul Pogba's back. Paul Pogba then decided to be a little bitch, and that he wants to go. And then he got injured. It's, I agree with you, it's a waste of time, but I disagree in that he, thinking that he wouldn't make a difference. He makes a hell of a difference when he gives a shit. I'm just gonna point out. I'm just gonna. I'm uh, sorry, Alex. Before no, before you okay. begin, I just want to quickly piggyback on Bernie's comments. Yes, Pogba is actually a factor that has been sorely missed by this United team. And let's not forget when Ole started, he went on an incredible run. You can talk about the new manager effect, but these players were inspired. But then there was a moment in the season. It was almost like a light switch, when all of a sudden everyone just shut off. And then you know we had key players like Ander Herrera leave the team. And believe me, this team with Ander Herrera today would also be much better. Andreas Pereira would not be in that starting lineup. So, like, something happened behind the scenes business-wise. But bottom line is, players like Pogba were carrying this team. And key players have left the squad because of some internal politics that's not visible. What do you mean? What do I mean about which point? So the internal I, politics that aren't visible. And, well, who, and who are we talking about? What Roche is talking about, I think, is uh, Ander Herrera said that the club focuses on business more than the game. Lukaku was supposed to have left in May, and Woodward wanted all his money back and then sold him in September or whatever it was. Like, he did not sign certain players like Maguire the season before because he thought, nah, he actually admitted this, by the way. He said he had said no to Mourinho to signing a center, center back the season before. Like, Multiple times. He, well, that, he that was fair, though, because Mourinho said this. No, that was I totally agree, fair. I agree with you in the context of you bought two center backs, so you got to make it work. However, <laughs> if you're going to spend $80 million on Maguire this season, then you're, like Mohamed said with Arsenal, you're just being reactive and not proactive. Like, you have uh, to figure uh... something out. How's Maguire doing? He's all right, actually. He's not bad. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's all right. He's not made he's any mistakes. Million? He's been fine. He's, he's 80 million, all right? Arguably, yeah. Smalling's having a better season. <laughs> <laughs> I think Smalling's club is a bit more what stable. Are the, uh, what are the one Bissaka tackling stats? I haven't heard those in a while. <laughs> is he human? <laughs> you know, I tell you what. He made 11 I, I, out of 12 tackles, guys. <laughs> Wan-Bissaka just lives to tackle. 
But I'm telling you, the culprit, the culp- if you look at just the Aston Villa game, for example, the culprit for the first goal was Andreas Pereira because he is standing five meters away from Jack Grealish. Completely free shot. It's okay, watch, that, watch that replay. He shouldn't be anywhere near this team. He wouldn't, Who, he wouldn't be in the team if Scott McTominay, uh, Paul yeah. Pogba, Nemanja Matic, who I hate so much, if they were all... <laughs> On if they were all fit, they are all, I know. all out of the oh, team. Martial was out the team for two months. This team has suffered a lot. However, the manager's fucking this up, and the team is injured. It's a and Woodward is a dumbass. Everything needs to be blown up. Just blow it all up. I don't give a shit anymore. Blow it all up. I mean, Bernie, why don't we just remove the doo doo doll that's buried under the goalpost, and then I think things will be much better. Probably. City Newcastle. This one was an unexpected result. I mean, Man City have been faltering this season, but I don't think a lot of people would have predicted City not to get all three points um, in this game. I think it was the early Saturday game, so set up nicely for Liverpool there. But yeah, 2-2 against Newcastle, and they were struggling. I watched this game, and they did not look convincing. You know, it was, even though they did score first <coughs> through Raheem Sterling, who has been having a little bit of difficult form for club, at least. Um, but then you think Kevin De Bruyne in the 82nd minute rescued the game for them with that brilliant strike. But, you know, to concede against John DeShelby six minutes later is unacceptable. And they've been all over the place. Absolutely. Well, it, City, sorry, uh, uh, just quickly. City have been struggling. But at the same time, it's not like, I mean, like on the table, you see Liverpool are 11 points ahead. But Liverpool have had like eight or nine one-goal victories. And that's the difference between this Liverpool team and the City team. I know we're talking about City right now. City are sloppy. They're conceding goals late in the game. They're throwing points away. Liverpool are getting goals late in the game. And that's the difference. I don't think they're, like, performing that that much worse than Liverpool are when yeah, you actually yeah. look at the games. I think, I think that's bang on. City, you know, Liverpool have a proper defence and City don't with, with Laporte out. And, and Guardiola said the other day that they're not going to look to sign anyone in January. But I would be extremely surprised if they're not trying to get a centre-back because they desperately need one. Like He's dropped Rodri lately because allegedly he thinks, you know, Fernandinho in central midfield cuts out counter-attacks better by, you know, making the fouls that he needs to make, whereas Rodri's not quite up to speed on that. Uh, but it hasn't made any difference in terms of conceding goals. Now, if I read to you that, you know, Sterling scored in 22 minutes, Willem scored in 25 minutes, De Bruyne scored in 82 minutes, Shelby scored in 88 minutes. What that says to me is, Newcastle scored at will. Do you think this is also a little bit of the Pep burnout effect? I mean, we're three seasons into City now, and if you look at Pep's history, like you know, third season in a te- in a in a team, the first season's always the best. Second season, like good, um, you know, not as high energy, and then the third season's usually the burnout season. So maybe City are experiencing a little burnout. That's why they're not focused. It's possible. It's certainly possible. I was going to say that they're clearly missing Zinchenko, though. <laughs> Which, which like, is a joke, but equally, Mendy's been horrendous, so... Mendy, what has happened to him, man? Two years of injuries, man. It's, I, I mean, it just gets to them. It's two years of injuries, and, I mean, he, he basically had one season, not the city season, the Monaco season, where he was amazing. So it's, it's there's not actually a big body of work to hold on to. We've only, only seen him actually play 10 games, really. So, yes. so does he have the whole mentality to last a season when fit? We, no one actually knows that. So, I, I guess, know. yeah, no, that, that's a good point. But that does set up Liverpool nicely to be, like a, like Roche said, 11, I think it's 11 points uh, ahead of City, um, beating Brighton 2-1. Again, to Roche's point, 
another game where Liverpool don't look like Liverpool of last season, but they grind out the results. Um, and you know what? That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. You don't need to look fancy. You just need to grind on the results. And if you're 11 points ahead of your main rivals, then you're doing something right. It's true. Guys, Steve Bruce, though. I mean, this is extraordinary what he's doing. Oh, uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, he beat what? He beat Spurs. United. He beat United and drew with City in his last couple of games. So. Uh, I, I guess credit to him. I really didn't want to talk about Steve Bruce, but sure. <laughs> I, I think he's going to retire soon on this farm. He should oh, definitely quit while he's ahead. Yeah. yeah. Before the end of the season, he's like, you know what, guys? I've won like 20 games this season. This is the best <laughs> it's ever going to get. I'm out. Uh, okay. yeah. 20 games would be quite a bit. Just, just because I don't want to miss the opportunity to use this joke, um, we can't call Manchester <laughs> City City. Le- City or Leicester. Oh, true. So, uh, City in Leicester City. Uh, with an amazing result, winning, I think, 2-1 against Everton, coming from behind, last kick of the game, Ihenacho. That yep, is yep. the form of second-place teams. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that's six wins in a row, and you should have seen the celebrations at the end of the final whistle. Like, this was a VAR review for offside on Ihenacho, and like the stadium was like already jubilant. But then once the goal was given, my God, there was like a player huddle, like Brendan Rodgers was in the middle of it, like, what an unbelievable story for Brendan Rodgers to come here to the City team. And they've, they've actually performed better this season than they did in their title-winning season. It's the magic so of that's VAR. something to think about. So the second Liverpool start actually dropping points, because I don't think, like, you know, 52 games, one loss, I think that, that's, like, peak form. It doesn't get better from this. Let's, let's be real. Like, you know, Leicester City, <laughs> like, might actually be the team to chase Liverpool this season. They say it's projecting so hard. Yeah, I'm just saying. I am just saying. So <laughs> he said it doesn't get better. It will, mate. <laughs> you it are really projecting will. so hard. You're like, Leicester are going to rival Liverpool for the title. Like, the amount of projection from the United fan is a disgrace. I can't. There's got to be somebody. Like, no, they have, like they're, they're not even. It's not like they're playing that well. They're, they're, they're winning games by like one goal margins. Like, somehow. Virgin, Virgil van Dijk Virgin. is like play, second best player of the season, and they're like they're like not even keeping clean sheets. Like he I mean, is like he, what, he, what kind he, of a he is, is um, he is Virgin van Dijk because he doesn't concede, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like this is absolutely crazy. Like I mean, fifty-two games and they've only lost once. Like this is nuts. Like there's no way it gets better from half. Oh, oh, oh! Another better. good another point though for Shea's column is that Leicester City's goal difference is better than Liverpool. So there's that. So they win the goal difference league? All right, we'll give them that. Well, if they, if they, if, if they tie on points, they win the league. Also, uh, we were talking about this. Brendan Rodgers' voice is the most annoying voice on planet Earth. Yeah. And it sucks that he's a good manager because you have to hear this voice and then admit that he's a good manager. It sucks, man. That's the thing. He, his personality is massively hateable. He's just extremely competent at his job. <laughs> it's very, have, frust- have very frustrating. Seen, have you seen that gif? of him doing that like high five hug thing to, to somebody. Have you seen it do the, the circling? No. Oh my God. You just want to punch your screen. <laughs> put it, put it on the Twitter his, account. His character is just horrendous, man. Like, I, 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 it. I just want to quickly point out that Bernie has finally admitted that Rogers is a good manager. Is that what just happened? I never said I know, he I wasn't. Heard that. Never said he wasn't. Yeah. Bernie, Bernie never says, Bernie never says anything. I literally <laughs> listened to the pod again. I never said he wasn't a good manager. So yeah, yeah. fake Bernie news. Never, you go, 
Did you go, Bernie? Did he say this? Like, I never said this. I just said this. It's like, okay, man. Exactly, because I actually have memory. It's anyway. So, so many wood splinters in that ass. <laughs> My bony ass, by the way. Uh, yeah. Uh, fence technology has come a long way. They're probably quite, <laughs> probably quite comfortable these days. I, 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 lot, think, of, I think there are walls now, <laughs> I think they're cement walls. Oh, speaking, man. Speaking of, uh, wait, wait, it's not parking the bus. Eh, let's call it building a wall. Uh, Josie Mourinho, the Trump of football, is back and absolutely, should we call it killing it? Is that what we will call this? Well, he's, he's leaking goals of anything. I mean, the Spurs keep going up 3-0 or whatever, and they're conceding two in the last five minutes. I'm not sure what the hell is going on over there. It, the difference is that before Jose, they were just doing the conceding. Now they're doing the score three goals and concede. So, you know, he's, he's at least got the attack firing. That's for, that's for sure. He's got, he's um, got Dele Ali firing. That's for I mean, sure. the two goals, especially the second goal, were, the second goal was beautiful. I mean, that was, that was the peak Delhi that we saw of a couple of years ago. Alec. Uh, like making the run in behind the chest control to get away from two defenders. It was, it was pretty amazing Alec, stuff. Yeah. It's almost as if Delhi Ali is a good player and agendas are stupid, and maybe he had a personal issue like, I don't know, maybe his penis being blasted all over the internet affecting his form <laughs> and needed an arm around when? the shoulder. Maybe. Do, I, I never thought that. Do, do you reckon Mourinho came in and was like, listen, Dilly, I, know, I, saw, your, I saw your porn video. <laughs> I don't know why he's Russian, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, you're, you're a very good boy. <laughs> He did not I have never seen this video. I know Mohanad has, but I haven't. He, he did not need a hand there on the shoulder. Hey. <laughs> uh, Regardless, hey, okay, so we're asking what kind of job Mourinho is doing. Uh, oh, we know what kind of job he's doing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Alex, I'm sorry. It's all good. Uh, Musa Sissoko <laughs> scored a goal. Like, he got Musa Sissoko to score a goal. That's... No, 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 no. Sorry, Alex. Pochettino was doing that last season. No, 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 no. I'm not sure that Sissoko scored last season. Mate, we were we were on the pod saying Sissoko was a revelation. He was, but he never scored a goal. This is different. That's true. That's true. Didn't he score a Thunder Bastard? Or was that Wanyama? Wow, that was Wanyama, you Oh, and I'm the last person uh, who should have been racist then. Oh, wow. Exactly. Anyway, but, I mean, um, but it, yeah, Mourinho's, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. It's, I mean, the, the, the thing to watch is, is what happens when they have a, when they lose a game. Like he's, Mourinho so far looks like he's playing the part of Tottenham manager rather than being Tottenham manager. And maybe that's just because like Pochettino was there before and he was so kind of embedded and, and synonymous with the club. But Mourinho is, is doing an act, right, to a certain extent. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when the mask slips a little bit. Uh, someone compiled a video of the press conferences he did on his first day back at Chelsea, his first day at United, and it's exactly the same thing, where he's saying, basically, I'm humble now, and I've learned from what happened before, mm -hmm. why, why he got sacked at Chelsea before. He's learning, and he's going to develop youth at United, and this or that and the other at Tottenham. And it's like, is this the time? Where he changes. Is this am, actual time? I'm not bro, sure. Bro, 
it's the exact same thing every time he joins a new club. It's all lovey-dovey and smiles, and he, you know, int- he invites the ball boy over, and he says he got an assist, and the ball boy's in the stupid Spurs video online. <laughs> it always starts like this, and he's shaking hands with every single, like, he's going around shaking hands with 60,000 people before the game. Bro, it always starts like this, okay? Just give it half a season. Yes. I, I, what I would encourage you to do is, like, watch a full Mourinho press, press conference. You okay, can okay. see that he's a sociopath. Like, you can just see, watch his face. He's bonkers, man. He's just waiting for the moment to spring out of himself. Like, he's trying so hard to not be a massive dick all the time. It's not possible, Alex. I've tried to watch, but I can't get past, like, more than three and a half minutes of a Mourinho, like, press conference or even his punditry. Oh, that's plenty. That's plenty. It doesn't take that long you know, you know when you're in a parole hearing and you're trying to prove that you're okay. Wait, wait, hold on, Martin. You know about parole hearings? <laughs> I'm just saying that you're sitting there trying to act like a normal human being, but in the back you can see the flickering. You can see it coming out like the minute you walk out of those gates. I know, <laughs> and that's what he does. I know, Mohan is the only one. I know Mohan is the only one who's been in the back of a police car, but like parole hearing was not what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when he's talking about the flickering and stuff that's like exactly what I see whenever I see Brendan Rodgers talking like you can yeah. just tell like Brendan Rodgers is like calculating his next word and phrase like as he's speaking it's with his super absolutely infuriating yeah it's positive. like what, what do you think you are with these pauses you think you're Obama or something like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. it's true it's so true. let's uh so let's that's, wait till the summer and let's see which former player Jose signs. If he signs a former player, we know he's not changed. If he doesn't, and then he signs, uh, I don't know, uh, who's a good young player? George <laughs> Who? Yeah, let, if he signs someone like that, then I 100% believe he's changed. No, no, he's signing Nemanja Matic. Let's, <laughs> up. let's, um, let's move on to another manager, um, Lampard. I think honeymoon phase and all that. Uh, bad loss to West Ham, and it coincides with the first game where there's no Tammy Abraham, and I think that's a big one because Batshuayi and Giroud have just not been on form for Chelsea, and everything bounces off Abraham when they play, and I think it shows how much they missed in this game. I mean, I would argue more bounced off Giroud, but it's. Um, I, I think it's a bit harsh it's on Batshuayi. Actually, he's every time he plays, he scores a goal. He just doesn't play that much i actually uh, uh i'll bring fpl into it just to just to please roche i i assumed that batuai would be the one to get the nod when tammy was out because he's got more mobility like he's a more similar player um so i put him in my fantasy team and then he didn't play really i can i can defend okay, it okay okay that's, okay yeah, yeah okay so there's, there's there's only two reasons one reason is he was thinking okay maybe this week i'm gonna like try and get into the mind of the manager and I think he's going to play Batshuayi and he's going to score. And on the other hand, he's like, shit, I'm out of budget. <laughs> and the best, the best pick of a lot here is Batshuayi and that's, I have kind of a crush on Batshuayi and that's why I'm going to pick him. That's what Chelsea thought too when they bought him. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, you were half right. I, uh, I was trying to get into the mind of the manager. I knew he had to pick between Giroud and Batshuayi and I thought it would be the latter. But... The most annoying part of this is that I left one million on the table, so he wasn't the best I could have got. The, I see. the other problem, Alex, is when you try and get into the mind of a manager, the problem is you're getting in a mind that is only like 13 weeks old. He doesn't know his own mind yet. 
Sure. <laughs> I don't know, Mohamed. I think uh, we have to give a little bit of credit to Lamps because as much as he looks like the bumbling old guy who walks around the sidewalk, just like Harry Redknapp a little bit. Uh, His uncle. Like, <laughs> I think that he has some like intelligence. Him. No, no, but it's like, you know, the bumbling old fool kind of like, you know, persona. But he actually has a bit of wit around him and history at the club. Can I can I say that? Did you guys know that Chelsea committed no fouls in this game? What? No single foul. In Are you this about game. to be a, pro- a proper football man? This is no. I'm just. That, like... I'm actually amazed because I've never seen that before. Where a team doesn't even thought, commit a foul. Was, I thought this was the EPL. What is this? Zero fouls? Like how <laughs> is that even possible? I well, don't Jorginho doesn't get close enough to anyone to foul them. Because I expected that Pep Guardiola revolutionized the game, that people would just commit, you know, those type of last-ditch t- t- tackles and fouls. But he, I guess he hasn't revolutionized you know, the game. You know who I really like? Reed James. Yeah. I really like the look. Every time I watch Chelsea, the young right-back man, I just, I feel he's got a ceiling, a high ceiling. He's, he looks good every time he plays, man. I, I'm, I'm impressed, actually. Could not Yeah, but he didn't foul more. anybody. He's no one Bissaka. Well, one Bissaka just gets to tackle down and no fouls. This guy just maybe just doesn't tackle. I don't know. I just like I I just like the look of him. He looks really good. And also, you know, he's not that handsome. Yeah, he's not that handsome. Here's a stat for you: Chelsea Chelsea have yet to gain a single point from a losing position in the league this season, (sighs) and they've lost a lot. Score first. That's the key. Oh, yeah, is it? Okay, good to know. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I just want to chime in really quick on that because Alex reminded me of something that I saw, which was, I think it was, if all games ended at halftime this season, what would the table look like? Obviously, Liverpool was number one, but I forgot who was number two. But surprisingly, in third place, can you guys, can you boys take a guess? Who was Aston in third Villa. Place? All right, that's Alex's guess. Anyone, put, anyone else? Put, put, put a gun to my head right now. Just, just put it to my head. And okay, my okay, it's put to your head. <laughs> and my misery. Manchester United. Just say something, Bernie. Damn it! I know it's us. This is why it like is annoying it is. me. I don't want to end it the is. podcast now on this note. It is. It's actually. My you know why head. I know it's you? You know how I knew it was you? It's because any stat that says no. <laughs> that is absolutely not true. Um, give give us yeah. a give us a non-United related stat. Um, like Messi has won six Ballon d'Ors. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right, well, I, I think I think this is a good segue into non Premier League. What do you guys think? I, I I think. Hold on, one second. I think we have seven minutes left. So whatever we're gonna talk about, cool. make it good. We got it. We got it. Seven minutes. We got it. Let's go. Let's talk about Atleti Barcelona. Who watched it? Talk. Yeah. So there was nothing in this game except for the 86 minutes when Messi played a one-two and scored okay, the okay. You, Messi goal. You are a disgrace. You are a disgrace to the sport. Okay, you just looked at the stats and that's what you assumed. This game was a phenomenal game, even at nil-nil in halftime. It was such a good game. Atletico actually played quite well in the first yes. half of this game, and Barcelona were on the ropes for a good portion of this game. Now it was thrilling, man. It was thrilling. Like it was such a good game. I enjoyed it a lot. Second half, though. Uh, Suarez missed. Like Suarez is annoying me. Like he scores a lot of goals, but he he can actually look amateur at times, and it's really annoying. I'm not. A, I'm gonna do a Mohamed here. Well, Messi carries this team even when elite players look garbage, 
and he never does look garbage. Like it's just it's it's annoying at this. Griezmann did actually see, looks like a shadow of himself. Griezmann's been playing on the left side of a midfield four. Like it, he's been massively played out of position. Not my problem. He was playing like, there at Chelsea and killing he, it. He's also working very hard for the team. Like he's yeah. working a lot. Um, but Simeone, did you see Simeone's reaction, man, on the sidelines when Messi scored? Like players after the game saying like, you know, things like if they have Messi, they have to win, things like that. Like it's like, it's scarring because Atleti are Messi's favorite opposition, which is crazy seeing as they're one of the better teams in the league. Like he just loves to play them, man. He loves to be decisive against them and they must be sick of him at this point because he, I don't think he played to Messi levels up to that point. I think he could have had a better game, but still just at the end of the day, the cider, um, and on the other end, Ter Stegen also, they owe him a lot this game. He, he saved their ass a few times. Sorry, Monin, not to bring Ronaldo into this, but when you said Messi's favorite opposition, Atletico, and Ronaldo scored the most goals against Atletico, they both kill Atletico. What are Atletico, what, what's their existence for? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe that, that's a compliment. Maybe that's a compliment. It means you have to be one of these elite players to, to really bang the goals in against Atleti because against normal teams, they pretty much shut them out. Mm, good point. Alex just made a very reasonable by, point. Uh, by the Sorry. way, guys, um, <laughs> speaking of Atletico, Diego Simeone is still at Atletico. Is, any, uh, is Arsenal going to you know, no. get Diego Simeone? Because you guys are talking about this for like three seasons in a row. Like, oh, Simeone, Simeone, Simeone. But he's still at Atletico. I love him. Uh, he's not going anywhere. He doesn't speak English for a start. And yeah. he has everything he wants at Atleti. He has full control money for transfers which comes out of god knows where uh he does whatever he likes and i don't think he's going anywhere maybe as i've said before maybe eventually to inter milan because i think he mentioned that he wants to go back there at some point but i can't see him in england actually yeah i can see that i can see inter milan inter are starting to slowly grow as a force too i think they're top of Serie A right now very Un- much so unless conte decides that he's absolutely done and wants to go and coach whichever other team he ever played for, that's not happening anytime soon. So. Well, Conte, Conte, I'm not sure, is going to be more than a two- or three-year guy. Like he, he, He's similar to Mourinho. Like he gets in, he turns things around. He's, he's an absolute guarantee of domestic results. Like he's phenomenal, but he does burn people out. And his, his relationship building and man management is questionable. Yo, that yo, said, Lotaro and, and Lukaku this season are absolutely killing it. If anyone is used to getting burnt out, trust me, Inter are not going to get burnt out more than the season where Mourinho showed up, brought all the old guys, won a treble, and then left them in absolute disarray. <laughs> like, if anyone is used to this and know how to bounce back, it's Inter, man. Mourinho showed up and went, listen, I'm going to ruin your football club for a decade, but I'm going to win you the Champions League. And they sold their soul and they said, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, Samuel Eto'o was playing on, as a left wing back. Like, just let's, <laughs> let's just not forget this. <laughs> Bro, Cambiato, Sankovic, like these people were the stars. They were like in crutches. I bet they didn't even train between games. Gabby oh. Melito. Yeah, man. Oh, my God. Javier Zanetti in this pump. Walter Samuel. Yeah. Bro, yeah, Cambiaso came to Leicester and he was like making Leicester look so he played in the five three victory against United in which yep. Mahanas gave me psychological damage. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> Cambiaso won the league. Uh no, I think he left in I, January of that season. Yes, he, he oh, did leave, yes. What an idiot. He was the problem. <laughs> he needed to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of needing to leave, uh we need to leave. Uh, mm. 
just okay. in time because Lukaku didn't score, so I don't have to talk about him. But luckily, oh, no. <laughs> Alex, can you do a Jeremy Clarkson impression? Mm. Some people say. I want you to say on that bombshell, <laughs> and then just and then we're gone. <laughs> and on that bombshell, I love Brexit. He does. Okay. at under the kosh blog at gmail.com follow us on twitter at under underscore the kosh and for articles predictions and the full experience go to under the kosh blog.com